Coming up, I'm going to teach you how to instantly crush the stress that you're feeling at work. And then Gen Z hits a very surprising milestone. How will it affect the future of work for everyone? We'll discuss it. Helping you make more money and helping you experience more meaning in your work so that you can live the life that you desire, freedom to pursue that happiness as Thomas Jefferson so eloquently penned in the Declaration of Independence. That's what this is about, living the life that you desire to live. Well, one of the things that can crush a life is a life that is spent under tremendous stress at work all the time. You spend more time at work than you do anywhere else. If you are an American, we know that the average amount of time an American works uh, in their lifetime is 90,000 hours. That's the average. So that number is much, much higher for people who are working crazy long hours. And you just think about your day, your rhythm. You spend more time at work. And inevitably, there are stressful days. No question about that. Uh, How you define stress may be different than how I define stress. But for our conversation today, we will call stress negative mental and emotional and physical effects brought on by circumstances or environments at work. Okay. We can throw people in there. Okay. So if you think about your life and how it is negatively affected your personal life, just from stress at work, it's a big deal. So let's look at the data. 83% of American workers report they suffer from work related stress. 54% say that work stress affects their home life. I think that a lot of people either don't want to admit that work stress is affecting their home life or they're truly unaware. Because when I see 83% of American workers suffer from stress, but only 54% say that they're essentially dragging it home with them, we have some people who aren't aware or people who aren't being honest. I just don't know how workplace stress doesn't affect you at home unless, and we're going to talk about this, you have a very disciplined system for filtering it. Now, if you have that, then I say, bravo, it's not going to affect you at home. But even at that, there are going to be times where it does affect you. And this is not about a debate. This is about awareness. To say that no matter how effective your coping strategies are, it's still affecting you. I'm just going to tell you, I cannot have a bad day at the office and not affect me personally. (laughs) So if it's affecting me personally, even if I'm disciplined, even if I filter it uh, in all the healthy ways that you could list out because it affected me personally, it's affecting my home life. If nothing else than a conversation with my wife to go, I had a really crappy day today. Well, that affects us. Doesn't mean we're fighting. She's so understanding. She has tremendous wisdom. Stacy does, but it still affects us. Because I've had a crappy day. So 
well, let's put to bed this idea that if I'm dealing with stress at work, I'm not taking it home with me. You're lying to yourself. You're going home with you, so you're taking it home with you. So I want to talk about the root causes of work stress. And I, I, I think you could make a case for having 37 or 72 causes. You could just go and go, 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 go. But to simplify, workplace stress is the goal here. So let's look at what the root cause of your work stress is. You need to be able to dig and be honest and say, it's this. It's this person. It is this system. It is the culture which would allow that person. I mean, you see where we start to delineate pretty quickly. So first thing we have to do is say, okay, what is causing my stress? Then we go into who. Let me explain. So let's first look at what, in a big what, what's one of the big all caps what? It would be a toxic environment. And I mean truly toxic. I don't mean slightly annoying. I mean toxic. Because in a healthy environment, there will be days where a person, a leader, a cultural decision, something just goes wrong, a, an unruly customer. But that doesn't mean you're in a toxic environment. It means you ran into somebody who was having a bad day themselves and they rubbed off on you. Okay? So you can be in a healthy environment, a non-toxic environment, and have a really crappy day. But then you bounce back. You're reminded of good things that are there. I mean, you know, so a bad day does not mean you are in a toxic environment. Let's grow up. But if you are truly in a toxic environment, I mean, it is unhealthy, backbiting, gossiping, lying. You can't trust teammates. You can't trust leadership. It is a unethical cutthroat. You get it. Now we're talking about a nasty place. Now that's toxic. If you're in one of those environments, find yourself a replacement or two jobs to replace that one income and hit the road. Get out. It's not going to get better. Find something else, and as soon as you can replace your income, gone. Hit the eject button. Now, if it's not toxic, now we got to dig deeper. And I think that's why, by the way, everybody wants to run the whole, well, I was intoxic. This It gives us an excuse to hit the eject button when we may be part of the problem. Uh-oh. So that leads me to this. Are your lack of boundaries causing stress? Are you having a hard time saying no? Are you scared to say no? Are you scared to raise your hand and speak up? Say, hey, I need to change something. We need to change something. So this is you not setting boundaries. That could be a part of your stress. What about perspective? What if, you're, what if your perspective is all jacked up? What if you think and feel this, but in reality your leadership thinks and feels something completely different and we're just not completely in sync and it's you related? Your feelings are hurt. Uh, but I, I've had that happen to me. I feel and think one thing 
And then I dive into it and I find out, well, what I was thinking and feeling, while understandable, was a bit skewed. So I need to change my perspective. Another thing is, how about your just good old-fashioned healthy coping strategies that I mentioned, I touched on this. Are you working out? Are you eating right? Are you getting good sleep? Do you have good relationships outside of your, your family to where you're able to take stress and filter it? Just physical exercise after a stressful day is chemically shown to flush that junk. So changing your external environment is not always the best option. If it's toxic, yes. If it's not, it's probably got a whole lot of you that needs to change. Be a big boy, be a big girl, look into it, and then make the right changes. Uh, this is very interesting as we see new trends develop in the world of work. I've got a Fortune article here in front of me. Uh, headline says, Gen Z hits surprising adult milestone. What is the milestone? Working in the office full time. Fascinating. Almost half of the class of 2023 who have already accepted a post-grad job say that their job is fully on site. That is pretty fascinating. 2023 college grads who have accepted a job, when they graduate, 48% of them are working fully on site. That's no remote, no hybrid. Now, if you just lay that out there based on what you see a lot on social media, you would think, boy, they can't be happy about that. Oh, man. That's got to have them pretty upset. On the contrary. Uh, this was a normal expectation and reality for previous generations. But it's very new for Gen Z who spent some of their time in college and or early working lives behind the screen in their homes or in a coffee shop. But this is interesting. Only 4% of Gen Z actually want to work fully remote. Let me tell you where that 4% is. If I go on Instagram or TikTok right now and say something about remote work and this piece of data, the 4% are all on social media going, that's not true, you old man. Well, the data doesn't lie, Snowflake. The 4% of you are very vocal and good for you. Uh, a third of students that LaSalle surveyed, the LaSalle Network, this is a staffing and recruiting firm, a third of those students that they surveyed said they're continuing to job search despite the fact that they've already secured a job. But this is less about remote and hybrid. This is just a generation that their whole stinking life they've had options. Their whole life. You know, when I was a kid, uh, old man story alert. When I was a kid, you had you had uh, uh, three types of ice cream. You had vanilla, you had chocolate, and if you were lucky, for those who cared, I don't like it, but you had strawberry. 
All right, we live in a world now where these kids grew up with not just three options of ice cream, multiple different shops, all within two or three miles. Oh, by the way, we have gelato. We have frozen custard. We have frozen yogurt. We got 73 toppings on the buffet over here. Could you imagine? I, I would have loved to have walked in with my mom and dad to one of those ice cream shops and go, yeah, I want some vanilla ice cream, and then I want 73 toppings. I want the, the gummy worms. I want sprinkles. I want chocolate chips. Oh, let's throw some hot fudge on there for good measure. So I'm not knocking this younger generation, but they have been conditioned to have options. So you want to know why they would secure a job and then look for something better? Because that's all they know. It's not a bad thing. It's just reality. Now, this generation is open to hybrid. So they're not they're not anti-remote. They just only want it to be for a certain amount of time. They're craving in office, but they also want the flexibility of remote. And that's why the hybrid arrangement is what a lot of these Gen Zers are looking for. But make no mistake, um, in-person work beats remote. But they want flexibility to work remote some of the time. So the question is, why does Gen Z, who was raised on screens, why does that generation... Why does it crave in-person remote uh, work? Excuse me. Why does this generation crave in-person work? Because of productivity and because of coaching. They do think they can be more productive in the office than they can remote because they understand their own limitations and distractions. And then what's most encouraging about this generation, and I think they're leading the way for all of us, and I hope that they that we follow their model. They are craving the coaching-mentor relationship of older workers or their leader. They want to be mentored. They want to be guided. Now, let's also break this generation down, and I don't say this from a negative standpoint. I'm just speaking truth. This generation has also been guided Dare I say coddled more? And give you another example from just my generation. I'm Gen X. It was very normal when I was a kid, be 10, 11, 12 years of age. It was very normal for my mom and dad on a summer day for me to go into my mom and dad and go, hey, I'm riding my bike, which would have amounted to a mile or two miles, sometimes as many as three miles. I'm riding my bike over to my buddy's house. I'll be back at dinner. And my mom and dad to not even think twice and go, all right, be careful. And I was gone. When I got back, if I got back within a reasonable time, didn't have to be early, but if I got back close to dinner time, my mom and dad weren't standing on the porch wringing their hands going, where were you? We were about to call the police. All that to say, yes, the world has changed, but has it? Meaning, is it more evil now than it was? I don't know if I'm going to make that case. I just think we're more scared than we used to be. 
I don't think the world's any less evil, more evil. I think it's just as evil. There were bad people back in the 80s and 90s. But we weren't so daggum scared. Well, this generation, Gen Z, they've been monitored from day one. Monitored in the crib. Monitored all the time. Got smartphones that are tracking devices. I do it. My parents didn't have the ability to track me when I was a teenager. So they've been conditioned to be guided, to be cared for, to be monitored, to be corrected, to be encouraged. My goodness is the same generation where that's all they've ever known is a trophy and a party for just simply playing the sport. You don't even have to win to get an end of the season party where everybody gets a trophy. Hey, you put on your uniform this year. Here's a trophy. And here's the deal. So when that's been conditioned into you and you don't have it and you just throw them into the wild, they're going to freak out. Now, some won't. Some can always survive no matter what the generation. But we've conditioned these young people to need all this guidance and monitoring. So they crave it. Is it any wonder that they're going, I want to be in the office some because I feel like I can be more productive if someone's watching me. I feel like I need someone to guide me and coach me. Now, it's not. Now, that's the reason why they crave the coaching and the mentoring. But can we be honest? I don't care the why. All that matters is that they want it because coaching and leadership and mentoring is good for all of us. We all need it. So, what does this mean for the future of work? It means that hybrid will probably be the dominant model. But it also means that leaders who give people a compelling reason to come to work are going to win. They're going to show up. If you separate yourself and you give them a healthy environment, an energetic and positive environment, you show them how their job connects to something that's greater than them, even greater than the company mission, these young people are going to flock to this and they will embrace collaboration and innovation and imagination because that's the human spirit. All you got to do is give it an environment where it can grow. All right, folks, welcome back. Helping you make more money and experience more meaning in your work so you're living that life that you desire. I'm Ken. Hey, uh, I've said many times in this show, you were created to fill a unique role in your work. That means you are needed. You must do it. And uh, there are a lot of you out there right now who are going, I'm still trying to come up with that idea, or Ken, I'm trying to select from some ideas. And what you're really looking for is clarity to choose and confidence to step out, and I've got the ultimate tool for that. Now, many of you probably heard about assessments. They're personality-based. My Get Clear assessment is not about personality. It is about three elements that you have that I have. They are talent, things that I do well, talent and strengths, 
passion, work, task roles that I really love to do, and then missional results. In other words, results that motivate me. Now, when you know those three things, what you do best, what you love to do, and results that motivate you, and you figure out how to use what you do best to do work you love to produce those results, now you have confirmation that you were, in fact, designed for this type of work, this idea that you have. And now you've got the confidence to step out on the path to do it because you know you can. And that's what the Get Clear Assessment does for you. You can get it right now for only $30, kencoleman.com slash assessment, kencoleman.com slash assessment. You also get a purpose statement that becomes a high-level dream job description for you. A dream job is not a unicorn. It's just simply where you're spending most of your day using what you do best to do what you love to produce results that matter to you. Now, if you need more than just that assessment and you are in the Chicago, Illinois area, Atlanta, Georgia area, Dallas, Texas area, my breakthrough event, which is designed to get you unstuck for whatever is keeping you stuck, fear of making a choice about the future, doubt that that future is there for you, Maybe you're tired of being passed over. You got a lid on you at work. You're tired of coming into work and being depleted. You're tired, period, of the life you have right now and you want more financially and professionally. This event breakthroughs for you. Chicago, May 16th. Atlanta, May 18th. Dallas, May 23rd. Had a great event in Kansas City. Uh, and so now we're coming to those cities. KenColeman.com slash events to get your tickets. This could be a great gift uh, for friends and family who just you just know they're not happy. And I'm telling you, clarity on your future will allow you to make the money you want and get the meaning you desire out of your life. May 16th, Chicago. May 18th, Atlanta. May 23, Dallas, Texas. KenColeman.com slash events. Um, all right. What do I got? What do I got coming up here? More questions. Okay, back to my questions. Okay. So we've got um, Rachel. I'm in debt, but not with money. Uh, I've taken 50 hours more paid time off than I've earned. My boss has paid me for it, but hasn't mentioned anything. Should I discuss it with him or wait until he brings it up? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I don't even know what to do with this. How in the world does your boss not know that you're over on PTO? What would I do in this situation? Um, I don't know how you got in the situation to where you took the paid time off when you didn't technically have it. Did you go through approvals? I'd want to know if you went through the approval process and it got approved, but how you bring this up um, without creating a bunch of tension, I, I, I simply don't know, but on, I couldn't live with myself. So I don't know how we got here, uh, but we got here. And so I'd certainly bring it up and say, hey, I want to make it. I want to make this right. I don't want to be in debt to the company. I think that's the best thing you can do. Uh, Jenna says, we went through infertility treatments and are thrilled to be finally be expecting twins. Oh, my gosh, that's exciting. After researching daycare costs, we've decided that it does not make sense to send them to daycare after my FMLA ends as the cost for daycare would be more than I make in take-home pay. At what point should I notify my employer of my decision not to return when the FMLA leave ends? You know, again, there's no one stock answer here. Um, 
but I would do it sooner rather than later to give them the courtesy uh, to prepare for you not coming back. I would not delay it. Uh, but but again, there's no I, there's no uniform answer. Again, I'm answering this from what I would uh, recommend my wife do in this situation, and I would let them know as soon as possible. Um, Tim writes, my brother is in college, but the classes are very hard for him, and he just can't seem to make college work for him. He doesn't know what to do, so he's kind of wandering. On your show, you explain that people like this may seem lazy, but they're just lost because they don't know what to do. What resources can I share with him that may help him on this journey? Well, you're a good brother, Tim. And Tim, you're right. You've been listening. Your brother is not lazy, but he's lost. And let me just tell you something. When you're lost, what do you do? Best of my knowledge, every time I've ever been lost, I slowed down in the car. I pulled over. I'm trying to figure out where I'm going. I've been lost in the woods a few times. Ay, 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 that's scary. You know what I do? I slow down. I try to get my bearings. I'm looking up in the trees. I'm looking over. I'm trying to figure out which way I'm going. And it looks like I'm not doing much of anything. But internally, I'm freaking out. And I think it's important for family members, in this case, Tim, it's important for you uh, to understand that your brother's freaking out inside. It's kind of like that duck on top of the water. Those ducks just look super chill. But if you're ever able to see under the water, those little web feet are going 100 miles an hour. That's really what's going on for folks that are wandering. Believe me, they're thinking all the time because they know they're lost. So resources that I have that you can share, uh, first of all, I would give him the Get Clear assessment. Gift it to him. KenColeman.com. Slash assessment. This tool that I've spent years developing is a self-awareness tool at its at its core. It's self-awareness. It, it will allow him to see what he does best, what he enjoys doing, what motivates him. Those are wonderful, wonderful, wonderful elements that every human being needs to be aware of about themselves. But that's where the ideas come from, and it's where the ideas get confirmed. I'd give him the book from Paycheck to Purpose. That book I wrote is is meant to be the guide up the mountain once you know what the mountain is. They work beautifully together. Uh, and then I would tell you that he just needs to be encouraged. I think it would be great for him to hear and see his brother showing up, encouraging him, going, hey, man, I know you're in a season right now where you're lost, but you're not the only one to ever go through this. I'm going to help you. And you do have something special to offer the world. Here's what I see. And affirm him constantly. Because affirmation is the nudge that many people need. They don't need a motivational speaker from their family members. They just don't. Uh, Let's get one more in here. Uh, Christian writes, I'm currently working in construction, owning my own business. It's successful and doing well, but I don't think it's for me anymore, and I want to get into IT. Um, Been on my mind for some time, but I don't want to make the switch for the wrong reason. I took the Get Clear assessment, and data science and analytics was one of the careers on the list, which uh, is one I've been thinking about. I think I will find employment in this and other IT fields, but never have done anything like this as a career. How will I know if it will be fulfilling doing this work? 
or if it's just something new and shiny. And this is where, again, you've got to get with people who are in that IT work. Spend some time with people on the phone or in person, lunch, get a cocktail with them, uh, read about jobs that are in the IT field, job descriptions, what people say on message boards. Everything you need is readily available. And what you need is opinions, lots of them, not one, not two, not three. How about five of 10 of people who are in the IT field who, by the way, are winning and enjoy it. Winning and enjoy it. Let's start there. And I want you getting that feedback first, because when I can talk to somebody who's winning and they enjoy it, they're going to give me the good and the bad, but they're overwhelmingly winning and enjoying it so that I'm getting good perspective. After you get all that perspective, your heart and head are going to align and tell you whether or not you'll enjoy it. And I think you will. This is The Ken Coleman Show. Press on. Thanks for listening to The Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.